Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Um, welcome to drboycetv.com, the home for intelligent black people. And uh, today we want to talk about YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and censorship. Uh, you saw that uh, President Donald Trump was, re was recently censored uh, by Twitter. Uh, he was also booted off of Facebook. Uh, also, the Parler app, the Parler app, which has been uh, kind of a place that people have gone in order to escape censorship. Uh, Google has taken the Parler app. They banned the Parler app out of their Google Play Store. And uh, Apple has threatened to ban the Parler app. So there's a lot of banning, a lot of censorship. And uh, and so I, I wanted to talk about this. I feel like we as black people have to have our own conversations about these things so that we can kind of see what's going on, uh, hear from some smart people, uh, see what the writing on the wall and figure out where we can position ourselves. And so uh, so I, I get a chance to talk to my brother, uh, Tariq Abdul-Khalik. Uh, he has some strong opinions on this issue and what's going on. Uh, before I um, I ask Tariq the first question, if you could, please hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Please do that. It's really important. It's more important now than ever because they're censoring everybody and everything. And I think it's going to get worse. So uh, take one second, hit the thumbs up button, share, hit the subscribe notification bell, whatever platform you're on. Also, you can text the word voice to 31996. That way, in case they ban me, because I know they're going to come after me at some point, because they come after any black person who has independent thought, uh, then I will be able to text you. So text voice to 31996. And also, my I checked my Parler account. My Parler account was working today. It wasn't working yesterday. Uh, you can actually follow me on Parler and Clubhouse at Dr. Boyce Watkins. So, T, um, tell me what you think about what's been going on. What What is your take on, on all this uh, chaos that's been happening? Well, yeah, you know, and like I said in the last podcast, um, you know, the revolution is never televised, you know, and that's what we have to understand. You know, these people come off as our allies trying to be the moral authority over us while they're taking away our civil liberties. And what black people must understand about freedom of speech is we would not be where we are without freedom of speech. OK, uh, if, if we were silenced the minute we open our mouths, we will we would still be slaves and chains. And if a lot of you are supporting censorship, just think about if Malcolm X was born right now in this time. I don't think he would be able to survive because he'd probably be censored just like Farrakhan. And, and it doesn't just go on social media. I think the censorship extends further than social media. You don't, you're not even allowed a media presence on TV where anyone can hear your point of view, literally. And, um, you know, and just to speak on what happened with you, Dr. Boyce, if you notice... You get attacked on websites like The Root or these other black mainstream publications. To me, that's a form of censorship because, like you said prior, they never bring you on to explain your positions. You're just vilified. So if you have the whole entire black community coming after you thinking you're a bad guy, and if YouTube and everyone takes you down, the brainwashing already has happened with our people where they wouldn't even care. They'll be like, serves them right. Sorry about that. My mic was muted. Uh, it's, it's, it's a real interesting thing, man, because, um, you know, I, I come from academia. And one of the things that we defend uh, when we try to when we're doing what we're supposed to do is uh, intellectual freedom is very important uh, for most scholars, for the for the real scholars, for the good scholars. Uh, they you know, scholars believe uh, I mean, the real scholars uh, believe that you should have the right to express your ideas. And if someone disagrees, with you, they should just debate you. Just, you know, put your ideas on the table, my ideas on the table. We debate it out. 
Um, the real world doesn't operate like that. Uh, the real world operates on um, uh, almost an almost what seems to be an almost obsessive and unethical commitment to obtaining power by any means. Um, you know, and uh, and what you're really seeing, I see, is this massive power play on the part of uh, of Democrats and Republicans, where they're trying to win elections. And everybody's sort of stepping up saying, no, no, no. I know what it means to be a good person. I know what it means to tell the truth. Your truth doesn't matter. Uh, my truth is what matters. And that's it. And I, I just think we're headed down a dangerous path in this country. And so uh, so I, I want to get uh, the take of uh, our other guest, John Thomas. John F. Thomas is an award-winning filmmaker out of Los Angeles. What's going on, John? What's going on? How y'all doing? I'm doing all right, man. Now, now you are uh, in the entertainment industry and where, uh, you know, expression, freedom of expression is very important. Uh, you know, a, a creator, an artist definitely needs to be able to <laughs> express himself. Uh, what what are you seeing happening in terms of, you know, all these uh, platforms banning ideas that uh, that they don't seem to agree with? What, what do you think? Well, I, I, I feel like it's a dangerous precedent uh, to go down this path. I mean, a lot of people are happy to give up their freedoms just to make them feel better for the moment, but they're not looking down the road of what this what this costs us. It costs us a lot. So just to make you feel good for this moment, it's going to hurt you down the line. And that kind of reminds me of um, when you're talking about being in the entertainment industry, uh, China is taking on a, a lot of buying studios and buying land out here. And I remember there's a few films uh, that, you know, the Chinese government basically has been you know, in control of. And in those films, you can't say certain things against China. Now, this is in America. So in America, I'm supposed to have freedom of speech and America first. Yeah, with patriots and all this stuff. But I can't say something about another country. And so I don't even have control over my own freedom of speech. And now from there, this bleeding over into just us infringing on our rights. So now I can't say a certain or, or fact checkers, you know, coming on. I'm tired of seeing that stuff on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, this has been fact checked. This has been. Look, if, if this person doesn't isn't a, isn't an adult and can't go and look up this information themselves. So we're just children. then. So let's just say, hey, I'm a child. I'm going to give away all my rights. Please, mommy, daddy, uh, do I left I left mom and daddy's home, so I need another government mommy and daddy now. I, I can't do anything on my own. Tell me what's right and what's wrong. <laughs> so that's ridiculous to me. Yeah, just to uh, pick, piggyback on what you said, brother, if you look at like communist re re regimes or even the North Korean regime, you know, one of the greatest threats to overturn it is people's freedom of speech because you are going to start introducing new ideas to the public that can overthrow something that despotic. So the best way to do is silence them. Social media, in my opinion, has brought many black people together, like of different thoughts and opinions, and we're having conversations that never takes place in the media. This can be considered dangerous. And the, and, and the thing is, what can you do to stop people from talking freely? Social media is gonna have to be regulated. And it's, it's kind of like the social media comp companies are censoring us and pushing us back towards the mainstream media. You know, I've mm. even seen some black folks say Trump should not be going out tweeting, going around the media. Instead, he should do like every other president and talk to the media first. That's a problem. I think we should go around the media because the media like to 
flip our words, turn it into something else. No, we need to go around the meeting and talk to the people directly. Mm. Well, you know, what, what, what's, what's interesting, man, is, um, you know, I, I heard you, uh, T, mention a point about um, hate speech. Uh, one of the things, you know, one, one thing that people, you know, should understand is that when, when a government takes away your freedom, this has been proven all throughout history. They don't they never tell you. They never come up and say, hey, we want to take your freedoms away. Do you agree to that? What they'll do is they typically guide, guise it under uh, some sort of protection. Right. Some sort of protection. So to give you an example, and then I, I want to hear T's point about the, this new idea that we're protecting you from hate speech. Uh, as as their excuse for censoring people, blocking accounts, banning accounts, like they already got Farrakhan. Eventually, they're going to get people like Tariq Nasheed. Uh, they're going to get people like me, people like y'all. You know, um, and so in fact, you mentioned Malcolm X. I was actually uh, put in Facebook jail for quoting Malcolm X. Right. So you're right. If Malcolm X were alive, he wouldn't have a voice. Social media would shut him down quickly. So uh, they would they would call him a racist. Right. And so. Um, so, so here's the thing. Well, one thing that China did during the pandemic, uh, th- this is people don't understand how strategic China is. Uh, one thing China did was um, during the pandemic, they had a big problem. Their problem was they could not control the democracy of Hong Kong. People of Hong Kong wanted democracy and the Chinese government does not like democracy. They don't like things like voting and freedom of speech and all that other stuff. Like John said, you know, when they're buying the Hollywood studios and they're telling Americans now that you cannot say anything negative about China or LeBron James got real quiet <laughs> when China came up. When, when China came up, they asked LeBron about Hong Kong. He was like, well, uh, you uh, he got a whole lot to say about everything else. But on China, LeBron shut up. He shut the up, up, right? And so, uh, so anyway, China, one, one power play they, they pulled during the pandemic when everybody was sleeping, everybody was busy being scared, is they started passing laws saying to the people in Hong Kong who had been protesting, they were protesting like crazy, they had millions of people in the streets. They passed a law saying that you can't gather in groups of more than two people for your own safety. Right now, Hong Kong had like you know a couple dozen COVID cases. They, they they weren't. It wasn't like it was ravaging the city, but they were like, well, because we're so worried about protecting you, we, we we're going to arrest you if we see you gathering in groups of two or more. Also, what they did was they were quietly going around and finding all the activists, all the instigators that were leading the the revolt, and quietly taking them away and putting them in the in prison. A lot of people don't talk about like right now. The richest man in all of China, Jack Ma, he he came out and said something against the government back in October. He's been missing since. Do y'all hear me? Did y'all know this? Give me a yes or no if y'all heard. It. Like he's been missing <laughs> since he made that statement. So 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 I want to go back to your point in terms of what's happening in the U.S. because a lot of these ideas are rooted in in, in leftist communism. I mean, this is this is out of that playbook that that only certain ideas should be allowed. Uh, so you talked about hate speech, T. That that basically that you know this idea that we're going to protect you from hate speech can be used uh, for more sinister motives. Can you kind of speak to that? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Because what like if you start speaking truths that's very uncomfortable, they can say that you are being offensive to a certain group. You know, just like let's say we're just attacking feminism. This is just a, a basic, just 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 an example. They can flip around and say you are attacking women in general and label that hate speech. You know, let's say you are just waking up black people to what's going on with liberalism. And, you know, you mentioned something about just something minor about homosexuality. Let's just say something like that. 
No one here has a problem with homosexuality. Nobody has a problem with that on this panel. But they can they can say that you are a homophobe. And since you, it's just little things to stop people from thinking. I think this is a way to keep a society complacent and docile. And I think black people have to be very careful supporting this. Because I know a lot of us don't like Trump. I understand. That's fine. But don't let them use Trump as an example to then start taking everyone's uh, freedom of speech away. Because I think what's going to happen is is they can scare us with the Second Amendment. I truly feel like they can say a bunch of white supremacists are walking around marching with AK-47s. And to save all Americans, we must take away your guns. But then by doing that, now you are relying on the police state to protect you. You disarm yourself. You can never have a revolution. If the government comes after you, you have nothing to defend yourself. So we need to be careful. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I think now, by the way, everybody, uh, we're talking about the recent push towards censorship uh, across the board on social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Apple, Google. Uh, the tech giants are all pretty much censoring uh, people and they, and they have the, oppor- the perfect opportunity now because of what happened at the Capitol. And uh, and, and so uh, just in case they come when they when they not if when they come after people like me, uh, I want to let you all know that I'm also on the parlor app. Uh, I like the Parler app, P-A-R-L-E-R. It's not in the Google Play Store anymore. I don't know if it's in the iPhone Store anymore, but I think you can get it offline or, or on the Internet. Uh, and so uh, I, I like the Parler app, even though it was started by people on the right. Uh, the, the reason I can tolerate the right a little bit more than the left is not because I love all their ideas, but because they don't really mess with me. They don't mess with my ideas. Uh, it's only my friends on the left who tell me you don't have the right to be- have those beliefs. I can't be your friend when you have those beliefs. And, and I'm sitting here like, what do my beliefs have to do with you um, making the decision for me? Like, like you can't decide what beliefs I'm allowed to have. You know, and so, so my response is, fuck you. Like, I literally want to punch you in the face when you come in talking about, uh, you know, I'm not allowed to believe something. Um, you know, who, who are you to tell me what I'm allowed to believe? You know, and so so I want to ask you all about this then. You know, one of the things that... Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to share. Actually, uh, I'll, I'll find the there's a video I want to play for you. Uh, and I want to ask you all about this capital situation. Uh, starting with you, John Thomas, um, this 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 whole thing that went down on the Capitol. Uh, what were your thoughts as you were kind of watching uh, what happened on the Capitol? And how do you compare that to what happened this summer when there was also a lot of buildings being burned, rocks being thrown at the heads of police officers, uh, windows being busted, you know, Things like that. Uh, how do you, how do you compare the two, and what were your thoughts when you saw what was going on th- this past week? Um, well, I guess the first thing when I saw saw what was going on with that, I wasn't surprised. I was like a little surprised, especially with the videos where we were blatantly seeing that there were some officers just letting them walk on in, and I was just like, "Wow, okay." <laughs> but um, other than that, I I wasn't really surprised. It's just like I think uh, T and I kind of mentioned the same thing before that. You know, this 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 is just white people mostly. You know, when if you see the videos, it's all white folks. They were doing their thing, and like that has this it, nothing to do with me. Let them fight their fight. Uh, that's not my problem. Uh, it is concerning, you know. But also, you know, it's 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 one of those things where it's just like, you know, well, it, I I don't necessarily agree with it, but at the same time, you know, this is a group of people that's showing like, hey, we're not just gonna let the politicians do whatever they want. And it's almost like a necessary evil because you kind of need that to put the politicians on notice that y'all just can't, you know, in in, in, in any really situation, just kind of force things upon people. 
And uh, not that I agree with what they're saying that the election was stolen. I don't agree with that at all. That's crazy to me. But um, in comparison to what happened this summer, you know, I, I a lot of the stuff uh, there was Antifa, you know, like out there. Um, there was a lot of uh, police antagonizing and stuff like that. And I think black people were taking a part of the looting, you know, but uh, I understand why I think uh, black people, because especially like, you know, when I, I do get, you know, there are certain businesses, like especially black businesses, they shouldn't be destroyed and stuff like that. But, you know, some of the other businesses, I do understand like, hey, why are you destroying my business? That's not helping anything. But also, that's just black anger, you know, in a sense. It's like, hey, we built this. We'll tear this shit down. So I, I kind of see both. Let, like let, me, kinda- let, me jump, let me jump in a little bit, though. Um, you know, and, I, and I'd like to get T's position on this. I didn't see the protesters summer being a black anger thing. I didn't see black people as the first ones who were bl- burning down buildings and stuff. I, I saw, right. white, you know, when I saw people systematically going around busting windows and burning buildings down, it was usually like it, it was it was that far left element. And, and people, the thing is, what I notice is that there's people who can see the game at level one, and then there's people who see it at level two, three, four, five, six. And what I see and saw this summer was um, was a far left agenda to take down uh, capitalism, uh, ultimately to, to actually take down America. Uh, this is something that actually is started outside the country uh, because they do this all over the world. These same movements were happening all over the planet. It wasn't just happening in black neighborhoods. And so uh, I'll say this. Let, let me let me play a video for you guys, and then uh, and then T. I'd like to get your take on this um, on this on this video uh, that I'm about to play. It was sent over by Maj Ture, and Maj Ture um, is a is a is a libertarian <clears throat> um, who believes uh, basically in freedom, you know. And uh, he he runs Black Guns Matter, and he shared this video. I thought it was a a really I thought it was a really profound display of just. Um, this interesting idea that uh, somehow we are convinced to believe that it was only the Republicans who were inciting violence, that the reason so many right-wing individuals are being banned right now from social media is because they're saying you are inciting violence, your words are inciting violence. So Maj put together this very interesting video, and I encourage open-minded people to hear this video. This is a compilation of words being stated only by people on the left. It's on MSNBC, it's Kamala Harris, it's Nancy Pelosi, it's a lot of Democrats who seem to be inciting violence. I don't know. Y'all give me your thoughts on this. This is on my Instagram. My Instagram is the real boys Watkins. I'm going to play this video. Give me your thoughts on it now. All over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murderers. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take you behind the gym and beat the hell out of them. Punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. And that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. 
by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and our honoring our Constitution uh, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you think we're right or not, you ain't seen nothing yet. Okay. All right. So, so, so let me ask you all this. Hold on. Let me shut this off. Sorry. Let me ask you all this. Okay. So T, um, what, what's your thoughts? Did you see this video? Well, you know, I was actually just about to bring up how left-wing politicians incite their base because, and, and, and I want people back to the, please understand this is not being sympathetic towards Trump supporters. Cause you know, every time you say anything about Trump supporters, someone attacking them, like, Oh, this person just, Take the emotions out and, and listen to this logically. <laughs> there has been a lot of fights on the ground. If you if you have a Trump hat on or a Trump flag, just Google it. There's a lot of videos of random liberals just attacking them, just taking off their hats. Trump signs on the lawns, just pulled out. Um, I believe, I don't know if it's Steve Calise, Steve Calise, but he was shot by like a Bernie supporter. And people got to understand, how is this outrage being built up? You know, what is the driving factor that's causing people to be so enraged with these people? And even when you look at the hatred towards Donald Trump, specifically from black people, that seemed to happen overnight. 2016, he was the number one enemy. Prior to that, no one had problems to it. We were taking pictures, watching the shows, doing all that. You have to ask yourself, who is driving up this political anger? And that's exactly what's happening. So when you see liberals going down the streets, fighting, burning people, you know, burning things up when they see proud boys or Trump supporters and, and attacking. And then you look at that video that is so that shows that that is a left wing agitation of violence. And at the bigger picture, I do think that they are trying to start a civil war, because if you are on the right and you see the hypocrisy, hypocrisy that can build up anger towards you to retaliate in a violent way because you've been getting beat on. And now you can finally retaliate. And now they're censoring Donald Trump. That's going to piss. I think that's intentionally pissing off people on the right. I think that's intentional to make the right wing, you know, teach, teach them a lesson, let them feel desperate and let them retaliate. And we just have to be careful, especially black people, not to fall in this war and to decide with liberals simply because they're yelling they are white supremacy and we are on your side. We have to be very careful as black people. Yeah, well, you yeah, know, I... I, 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 go, go, go ahead, go ahead, John. Sorry about that. Oh no, no, I, I wasn't saying that. I think T was finishing what he was saying. But oh, I, I okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's um, it's been really fascinating. Uh, I mean, if you really look at the formula it, uh, of getting black votes, it's a very simple rinse and repeat formula. You made a mistake, T, in your analysis. You you made a mistake 
that, that is going to cause you some problems. You started off by saying, let's be logical. <laughs> and and that right there, you eliminated a big chunk of people because logic, unfortunately, goes out the way. You didn't make a mistake. You're right. You're 100% correct. If you're logical, it all comes together. But if you're not logical, then you get, you're like a, um, you're like a little mouse. They keep pricking with an electrical cord and you, you're responding. You're just reacting to things. And, um, you know, if, if you're trying to get black votes, the formula is real simple. If you're a Democrat, you just say, oh my God, those Republicans are so racist. They're going to come get you. If you're a Republican, you say, oh my God, those Democrats are so racist. Look at the way it's a, it's a big plantation. Right. And, and all the while, what you're basically doing is you're triggering black fear. You're triggering the fact that black people um, that, that many black people are lost. They don't know. They, they don't have anybody that loves them. They don't have any political allies. And everybody's pretending to love the prostitute so that she will get on his corner and, uh, and and make money for him. Right. Both pimps are manipulating the prostitute because nobody loves her and she has no self-esteem. So black people are political hookers to some extent. We are. We just sit there and we look. Do you really love me, daddy? Yeah, baby, I love you. Do you really love me, daddy? Yeah, girl, I love you. I'm going to buy you a fur coat. And at the end of the day, if you're logical, which, again, that was your mistake, but you were correct on that. Uh, if you're logical, some logical person will come along and say, you do realize that both of these men are manipulating you. You do know that neither one of them have ever done anything for you. You're just as poor now as you were five years ago. And it's, it's because you're not using your brain. Right. And so so let me uh, let me th- let me pitch out a, a theory here. Um, you know, when, when I saw. Uh, that that video Maj made where he literally compiled all the times where the people on the left were instigating the very same violence they were seeking to condemn from people on the right. I then found it fascinating to watch people on the left and the right justify their position. Right. So the people on the right were making a point to say, see, they did it, too. But that still does not, in my opinion, that does not excuse the decision to go climb over the walls of the Capitol and, you know, disrupt democracy as we know it. Um but but there's more to talk about on that. But 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 that but, you know, really, I'd rather see it done a different way. Then you will see people on the left who will say, yeah, but uh, they were but but they, they might have said these things, but they weren't trying to tell people to go overthrow the government. Well, you know what? I'm sorry, uh, but that's not that is not that's not what's being stated here. Google and YouTube and Twitter are banning thousands of accounts, not just for inciting the overthrow of the government, but for inciting violence. If you are encouraging violence, if you say, go punch them in the face, go kick them in the nuts, go attack them and you see them in the restaurant, go get them. You're inciting violence. You're inciting. So if you're going to take down Trump, and again, I don't care if you, you can, you know, I know people, I know how wars work, right? So I know that the first thing people are going to say is, oh, you're a Trump supporter, right? Well, you know what, whatever. I don't care what you say, because, but, but I will say this, if you're going to kick Trump out of Twitter, then you need to go kick out Maxine Waters. You need to go kick out Nancy Pelosi. You need to go kick out any of those people who are on that video saying that you should go punch somebody in the face if they don't agree with you because that violence begots violence. The reason I believe that part, you could make the argument that the reason that you have people acting the damn fool uh, and climbing over the, the walls of the, of the White House, part of the reason is because they saw it happening all summer. And I and I and I saw people that were like, man, I don't want to have to shoot nobody, but you run up on my business busting windows. I don't care what you're mad about. You about to take a you about to take a bullet. 
But, you know, like, like I'm going to defend my property. Right. And, and so I think that it made people say, OK, we have to get as gangster as they're getting. When you get in these battles, all that happens is, is it escalates. Everybody ends up trying to one up somebody else. And if you if you're not careful, you'll get to the point, God forbid, where somebody says, you know, if I just get a good bomb. Right. You know, like like that. That's where you're going to get. And I do believe this. I believe that Twitter made a horrible mistake. Twitter probably committed the greatest act of treason uh, that I know of when they when they kicked Trump off. Because now you got 80 million people who are really, really angry, 80 million Americans who feel like we're not a part of this country anymore. And so we have no vested interest in seeing this country succeed, no vested interest in seeing this country heal, no interest in seeing this country come together. We're going to go out here and we're just going to raise some hell. So the next time somebody raises hell is going to be even worse than what you saw before, because people keep trying to suppress other people as opposed to listening to them. you got to listen. Go go ahead, John. John, do you have any thoughts on this? Oh, go go ahead, T. Uh, T. I, 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 yeah, just real quick, I just want to say, and, and especially black people, we got to be careful because we are really loud out here. Like we're not silent, you know. We're not silent observers. We are very loud in our support of the, you know, the Democrat Party. We are very loud of our support of the censorship. Loud in our support of them taking down Trump and the police going after Trump supporters. We are acting very loud, and we're kind of putting our face on this as well. And like I said in the last panel, that you don't even hear nothing about Antifa anymore. It's all Black Lives Matter. For some odd reason, Black Lives Matter allowed Antifa to just come in and take over their entire name. And we got to be careful. I don't want us to be a face of this, whatever's going on, because I don't want us to be on the, on the streets fighting when we don't benefit on either side. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. John? Yeah, I was going to say, and in regards to the video you showed earlier, <clears throat> excuse me, there was something interesting in that video where uh, I think you saw Chris Cuomo. He was sitting there saying, like, uh, you know, well, well, what do you expect from a protest? You know, like, you, you know, there's going to be, uh, you know, a few you know things broken or, or whatever and stuff like that. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, the interesting thing about that is leading up to I mean, because it's dealing with Trump. Now it's just like, oh well, what do you expect? Because now it's like, oh hey, let's let's it's the, the Republicans, let's push against the Republicans because it benefits them. But when all this, all these other black people were get Freddie Gray, uh Trayvon Martin, all this stuff, and we were marching, that wasn't the same thing that they were saying. They were saying, Hey guys, no, no, there's a better way. We 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 can't do it this way. It's a better way because it wasn't benefiting them. And we had what Barack Obama in office at the time, so it wasn't benefiting them. So for both parties, they're playing it to benefit them. And just like you said, this is ammo from what Twitter and Facebook did is giving, you know, these people on the right who feel ostracized, who feel left out. You're giving them ammo and you're starting the civil war. There, there has always been, ever since Obama's been office, they have been planning for a civil war coming along. The boogaloo. I don't know if y'all know about that. Look that up. They have been planning. And meanwhile, while we have been sitting there just siding along with the Democrat. Oh, hey, protect us, save us. They're not going to protect us and save us. While there's some white folks out there getting ready for a war because they kind of saw it coming a while ago. If you've been paying attention, you would have been seeing it coming a while ago. And now it's coming to a head. So we really need to at least stay out of some stuff that ain't got nothing to do with us and really start protecting our community because it's it's going to get worse before it gets better. Well, you know, I, I agree with you. I think I think one thing that's interesting, and um, T, I'd like to ask you about this. Um, my my uh, inter- you know, when I thought about 
all those people, those angry people, mostly white, who were climbing over the steps of the Capitol. Um, I, I just, you know, and I guess maybe everybody doesn't do this, but uh, one of the things I was trained to do when I was in grad school is they always taught us to try your best to put yourself in the shoes of the of the other party, even if you think that their point of view is crazy. Uh, that helps you to gain insight and strategy to understand where they're coming from. You cannot you cannot um, fight an enemy until you've had the, until you've taken the time to sit in their shoes and really understand why they're doing what they're doing. So when I look at um, you know all the Trump supporters that were climbing over the walls of the Capitol, I said, why are they there? Why are they doing this? Right. We could say, oh, they're just a bunch of stupid, crazy lunatics. Well, that then, then in that case, you're just doing what 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 any stupid person can do. You're dehumanizing the adversary to make you, yourself look righteous and make everybody else look crazy. But instead, what I also what I saw when I put myself in their shoes is I saw a lot of uh, mothers and fathers who are frustrated by the fact that they have lost everything that over the last eight months, this government has kept them at home, told them you can't go to work. You can't go make a living. You can't go have an income. You must sit at home and wait to die. You must sit at home and hope you don't die from this virus that 99.9% of us are going to survive. 99.9% of us are going to be around next year, but they want the, they shut everything down. So you have people that have hit rock bottom financially, a lot of them. They, they, have, they can't pay the rent no more. They, they can't feed their kids no more. They're, they're, you know, and, and they're like, well, well, what's going on? So then you find out that the reason you can't feed your kids, the reason that you and your children are homeless now is because there are some millionaires sitting up on Capitol Hill who think they can't be touched, who are basically saying, well, screw you, screw you and your family. And, and, and I saw that frustration from them and on the far right. And I said, you know, that's actually quite similar to the frustration people feel on the far left. All these people you know, it's funny, you know, what's been shaped as a civil war really actually should probably be a revolution, right? I think that the people on the far right and the far left, they're all poor people who are being left behind in a capitalist society that protects the rich and allows, you know, people like Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell, who are worth a quarter of a billion dollars to make life or death economic decisions for very poor people. And so I, 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 I what I saw was something that uh, that's much bigger than just, oh, these crazy rednecks wanted to storm the Capitol. I've been around rednecks my whole life. I've lived in the South. I've been around Southern people. This whole idea that people have, like, oh, that any redneck would have, you know, I, I've been around pickup truck driving rednecks with a Confederate flag on the back of the truck with the shotgun on the back, who were the nice, some of whom were the nicest people in the world. This whole narrative they keep trying to create these Jussie Smollett type stories they like to sell that all that all these rednecks just sit around dreaming about how they can kill black people. I don't I that's not been my experience growing up in Kentucky and being in the South. Doesn't mean that they're perfect, but I think that is deeper than just you know, liberals good, conservatives bad, right? It's 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 the fact that all you know that you're gonna find people across the aisle. Hatred of black people is kind of a bipartisan issue. So so anyway. I want to ask you, T, can you kind of speak to some of that in terms of, of of why there's so much frustration and why people are sort of acting out a little bit in the middle of this pandemic when the politicians are letting them down? Well, I think especially coming from the right, when because I do listen to some conservatives, I think they're just angry at the constant attacks every four years. And then, you know, when Trump's election comes, you know, he loses. And, I, you know, there was a period of time in the election when he was winning 
And then hours later, like 100,000 votes comes in and he's, and he's losing. So I think that drives a lot of it. Now, um, I didn't agree with the protest. I think it set them back tremendously. But yeah, uh, what was very interesting about the protest is that this was not your typical just mad right wingers only going after the left. No, they was going after for the right and the left Republicans and Democrats in Congress. They went after everyone. And I thought that was unique. And I was thinking, you know, like he said, you know, every typically when a protest happens, these people are never attacked. You know, they can go to sleep and the protest happens in your own neighborhoods and your own businesses is being looted and burned while they get to go home and sleep. And what's very nefarious about our media is our media intentionally keeps the left and right divided because, like you said, they do have issues in the middle. You know, liberals are, are upset with Congress of, of social issues, of how they're treating, you know, black folks with the cops, you know, and different other racial social issues that Congress needs to answer for, as well as the right has problems of how they are treating our country economically, where you got $600 going out to people, but billions going out to foreign countries. These two sides can be eat, meet in the middle, but they have the media that's a middleman that says, if you're on the left, you can only support your protest. And if you're on the right, you can only support your protest. And it keeps us, it keeps them fighting each other where they can never come together and go after the people truly in power. That's what's mm. really going on. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, um, I'll tell you what, it's, um, you know, I, I think that's an excellent point you just made that. I, I really think that frustration that people are feeling needs to become bipartisan. Um, I think that the, the reason that the Democrats and Republicans get away with screwing the American people is because the, you know, a Democrat or a Republican will burn your whole house down and destroy your life. And they don't care as long as you blame the other party, as long as I can say it, well, it's because of Donald Trump that you're not going to hold me accountable for the fact that I also could have compromised and got you that $2,000, $3,000 check, right? Uh, Nancy Pelosi could have got it done in the summer. She didn't because she wanted Trump out of office uh, to preserve her power. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's worth $200 million. She needs to be the first one writing $3,000 checks. She could write a few thousand of those checks to her constituents. Um, you get over to the other side, uh, the Republican Party. You had what I saw with Mitch McConnell was... Um, you know, sitting around and acting like he, the country couldn't afford a $2,000 stimulus. Well, you know what? I, I know a little bit about money and I can tell you that, yeah, you can afford it the same way you were able to afford trillions of dollars for defense, um, trillions of dollars for big corporations, trillions of dollars for your billionaire friends. Um, I know Mitch McConnell is married to uh, a Chinese woman who is the transportation secretary whose father is worth $600 million. So, um, I, I think that what uh, people, what I hope that our country can do is get past this idea of right versus left and understand that what's going on is you you really have the people against the elite. You have government officials who are elite who feel that they can't be touched, that they can do whatever they want. Uh, they don't have to have any reason to be sensitive to what people are going through. Uh, in, here in Illinois, when the pandemic began, the governor told everybody to stay home and quit their jobs. And him and his family got on a private jet and flew to Florida to stay in their mansion that they own in Florida. Uh, you know, these people are not connected. They, there's no representation from people who really are connected to what's going on. And I think that frustration is being um, it's being channeled into this whole right versus left nonsense uh, when we know that there's both sides are screwing us. So, John, um, what, what are your thoughts, man? I, I'd like to get your 
uh, get you get your, your last you know thought on this. Um, and uh, I got a couple another guest coming in a second. So, uh, uh, what what are your thoughts, man, in terms of 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 how you personally plan to uh, what you learned from all of this and how you plan to go forward in the future? You know, it's funny what uh, I forgot who said it earlier, but you you can learn a lot. I, I think it was you. You can learn a lot from your from your the people on the the other side who you don't necessarily side with. And one thing I did learn from um, them storming the Capitol in comparison to the protests of the summer was that in a sense, and this is unpopular opinion, uh, so I'm, I'm ready for it, but they kind of went about it in a right way, in a sense, if you follow what, it, just follow where I'm going. They went after the politicians. And just like T said, left and right, it didn't matter. They went after both of them. And when they did that, when you go after them, just like you said, they have all this money and they know the people that they're supposed to represent are hurting and they're taking all these days off and they're taking their time pushing out these stimulus. We barely got stimulus checks, you know, so and they and they're, they're paid. They're millionaires. They're comfortable and they're supposed to be public representatives. Meanwhile, while all of us are scratching and clawing to get by. But if you look at what we were doing in the summer, was it needed? Yes. But we're just protesting in the streets. We're not going to the Capitol. We're not going to our politicians. We're not going to the Congress people who are passing the laws, who are also over these police officers who are beating up and killing us. So we can bypass all of them and go straight to the head and tell them we're not going to take this shit anymore. Mm. You know, so I feel like there is something to be learned there. And in a sense, if we look at if these are our so-called enemies, you can learn from your enemy, learn from their strategy. Like, how are they? Oh, they're, they're getting some stuff done. They're putting these politicians on notice that, hey, you can't go around and just do whatever you want because we will come after you. And, and insurrection is as American as, as American pie. You know, that we America was founded on insurrection, on rebellion. We rebelled against England to get what we wanted. They didn't like it either. But we got what we wanted and we got some progress made. So we can learn a lot from that. All right. <clears throat> well, everybody, if you could uh, follow uh, John Thomas, uh, he's a JT Slim Cutter. John Thomas is an award-winning filmmaker out of Los Angeles. Uh, he's very talented, very smart. So go follow him on social media, and uh, we need to create our own uh, our own heroes in our own community. So thanks a lot, John. I appreciate your time, brother. And uh, I'm going to um, I'm gonna uh, move us to the next segment of the show. All right. So everybody, um, uh, here, here's one of the things I, I, I kind of want um, you, to leave you with. First of all, if you could, please hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. It's very important that we find different ways to remain connected because I, I truly honestly don't know. I mean, I may get banned or knocked off of a platform just for doing this video. Uh, I was watching that video, the one we show where all the people on the left were inciting violence and they've got these bots that will just hear the words. And so the fact that I might have said like words like bomb and gun and things like that, um, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't, I don't, I really don't know, but I, I, I got to do it right. We got to talk about this. Well, we got to be prepared. So, so you can follow me on some other platforms, whatever platform you're on. If you could hit the like button, share, subscribe, things like that, that would really mean a lot to us on the notification bell. So you'd be notified. Uh, also I am on the parlor app. Uh, again, the parlor app was started by conservatives, but I don't care about that. I like Parler because they give you freedom of speech. And also we do have blagenough.com, which is a social media platform uh, that where we allow complete freedom of speech. So Black Enough is right there. So if you're black enough, join us on Black Enough. And uh, that could be another gathering spot. And you can also text the word Boyce 
to 31996. Text voice to 31996. Uh, that's another way I can hit you via text message. And then also, if you want a free copy of my book, It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar, sign up for our email list where you, we give lots of free stuff. We love to give free stuff away, especially on econo- black economics and stuff like that. You'll learn a lot from us. Uh, just go to allblackeconomics.com. That's allblackeconomics.com. Let me lay out a couple of quick points about about what's going on right now from my view in terms of big tech, big tech centering um, people. Now, again, uh, I, you know, I, I, I know that these comments I make are going to come at risk of of people who are involved in the war, who are overinvested in this red side, blue side nonsense. Um, they're going to they're going to start saying, oh, you're a Trump supporter or whatever. Right. And uh, and I, I know that's not true. I didn't vote for the man. But, you know, whatever. You can call me whatever you want. I really don't care. Um, and the reason is because you have to understand that you're in a war. You're in the middle of a civil war. And when you're in the middle of a war, some things go out the window. The things that go out the window are things like logic. Logic doesn't apply when it comes to a war. People don't. People are not logical. People are emotional. So even if you say, well, logically speaking, it should be like this and like that, it won't matter. When Albert Einstein was basically speaking against what the Nazis were trying to do in Germany in World War II, Nobody was trying to hear that. Nobody was trying to hear that. They were just, they were just like, we need to do X, Y, Z, and that's all that there is. Uh, the other thing that goes out of the window when it comes to war is truth. So a lot of times we believe the truth will set us free. We believe that, look, if I just tell the truth and I just state facts, it's going to be fine. No, that's not true. Because in a war, people will create their own truth because their goal is to win. That's it. And, and right now in America, you are in the middle of a civil war. The right and the left, they create their own facts. Everything's driven by emotion. Logic has been thrown out the window. Uh, decency has definitely gone out the window. So you're really going to basically, when, when someone like me comes along who's trying to sort of see what's really happening and, and, and really disconnecting, like just saying I'm black first, um, you're going to get attacked a lot. You're going to get attacked by both sides. If you live in a neighborhood that's where half of it is run by Crips and the other half is run by Bloods and you choose to remain neutral, well, now you've got to put your defenses up because you're going to get attacked by Crips who will accuse you of siding with the Bloods. You will get attacked by the Bloods who will accuse you of being a Crip. So you better, you need to make sure that you can defend your neutrality. And I can defend my neutrality because I have a big platform, I have a big brain, and I know how to make my point, and I just don't give a shit. So here's what um, I see in terms of this move by Twitter and Google and everybody else and Facebook to try to ban Donald Trump and everything else and why it's very dangerous. It's a horrible precedent for America, why it will eventually come back on black people. Conservatives can certainly be racist in their own way. They're more so it's more so the elitism kind of racism uh, where they take care of the rich and, and don't care much about poor black people. Liberals can be racist because liberals, unfortunately, in their worst form, and I know them very well because I taught on college campuses for a long time, which is um, an indoctrination factory for a lot of liberal ideologies. Liberals can be very um, uh, arrogant in their elitism. Very, uh, they're, they're very much into social engineering, and they're also uh, holier than thou in terms of believing that their ideas are the best ideas. So, so a lot of times when kids go off to college, they're sort of being taught that you know, okay, this is the right way to think, right? Whatever your parents and your grandparents were telling you back at home in the in the, the backwoods of Alabama, that's ignorant because they didn't come to Brown University like you. So really your grandfather is homophobic. Your grandmother 
uh, you know, is, uh, is, is, you know, needs to be introduced to feminism. Uh, your, your, your cousins need to understand, you know, that gayness is actually kind of cool, right? Like they, they basically send you home with these ideas that, and they, 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 and, but it's not, it's just okay for them to have new ideas, but what's not okay is that they don't just send you home with new ideas. They send you home with new ideas mixed with an arrogance and an elitism that has convinced you that your ideas are the best ideas. That you're that even though you're 22 years old and just got out of school, you're smarter and wiser and and more advanced than your 75 year old grandmother who has lived her life, who has lived some life and and has perspectives of her own. So you'll go to church and you'll tell them, oh well, you know what? In the church, y'all just a bunch of homophobes because blah 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 blah, right? Well, that that also that that elitism. And arrogance is also linked to another thing that happens on a lot of college campuses. Remember, this is a guy I taught at different campuses. I taught at University of Kentucky, Indiana University, Syracuse University, etc. I know what goes on on these campuses. They're very much into a type of social engineering. That's another thing. Liberals are really into social engineering, meaning that they have a vision of the world and they sort of carry that arrogance that I know what's best and, and I represent the future. And they engage in a process where their goal is to engineer the world and to, and to make it into what they want it to be. And, and the reason that they can do this and the reason they feel okay with doing this, similar to like Nazi soldiers who thought they were doing the world a favor by getting rid of Jewish people, they feel that they're making the world a better place. Give me a yes or no if you've ever seen you know, a really ambitious college student come out of school with a bunch of white liberal ideologies and say, it's my job to make the world a better place. I'm going to go fight on climate change. I'm going to fight against homophobia. I'm going to fight against racism and sexism and classism and ism, 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 ism. They, they make up isms, right? <laughs> and, uh, and so what's happened now is that those individuals, many of them, are now running leading tech companies. You know, when you look at the leading tech companies, the, the the technocracies that are actually more powerful than the government, they just the only thing they need now are guns. All they need now are guns and tanks. Eventually that's going to happen at some point. Eventually they'll have their own private armies and whatnot. But right now they have more power than governments when it comes to shaping ideas. Uh, Facebook can get people elected. Uh, Google can, can cause a revolution in certain countries. Twitter has, has caused revolutions. I mean, all these platforms have literally caused governments to be overthrown. And these companies are being run by people like, you know, the Mark Zuckerbergs and uh, the Jack Dorseys who attended very elitist, liberal, uh, white universities who feel that they know what's best for the world. So, so that liberal paternalism shows itself when they're sitting down with you as a black person and you say, well, I really want reparations. And they're like, no, actually, what's really more important is sexism. And we really need to eliminate poverty. And that's what really matters. Or if you say, you know, we got to really stand up as black people. This is really important. They'll say, well, you know, it's actually kind of racist. Like this this whole thing about buying black and black first, that, that's that's racism too, you know, right? And, and so they'll ban you right alongside the white supremacists. Like part of the reason that got people like Malcolm X and others could actually sit down and have conversations with people who were members of the KKK, in my view, is because Malcolm was more of a nationalist. Malcolm's ideology and the ideology that I embrace as well, Dr. Colin Anderson, people like that, is this idea that says, look, you know, I don't really care what you got going on over there. I don't care what you believe. I'm not threatened by what you believe. I don't. It's not my job to imperialize you under my umbrella of thought. Right. You can be who you want to be. You can believe whatever you want about black people, because I'm not really trying to integrate with a Klansman anyway. 
but I can coexist with a Klansman. I can do business with a Klansman. I can make trades with a Klansman. You got your people. I got mine. Let's stop pretending like we all love each other and that the world is built on equality when we know that that's not how the world works. And, and really, I don't want the world to work that way. I want my people to win. Right. So so there should be room for all those ideas. But what's going to happen is what's really interesting to me right now is that you have Google and Facebook and Twitter and, and Amazon and YouTube sitting on Capitol Hill right now, all basically making the same argument. They're, they're all being accused of being monopolies and oligopolies. Oligopolies are basically monopolies where there's a huge concentration of power amongst a small group of people. So an oligopoly might be three companies that control 80, 90 percent of a certain market. Right. So you think about social media. If you add Twitter plus Facebook plus Google, you got pretty much the whole game on lock. You got almost everything. Like there's a little, there's a couple of stragglers out there, but for the most part, I mean, Facebook owns Instagram. I mean, my God, that's <laughs> that's pretty massive right there. So they're all sort of sitting there and they're saying, "No, we're not an oligopoly. We're just we're just a passive little bulletin board that allows people to share their ideas, and we just sit back and watch. We don't do anything. We don't. We of course we gotta kind of you know protect the public from hate speech and 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 things that might incite violence. But we're just here. We don't. We don't. We're not hurting anybody, right? So so they're claiming they have no monopoly power. They're claiming they don't have the power of an oligopoly. But then simultaneously, they then go out and they ban millions of people from social media. They they strip the president of the United States <laughs> of his voice on Twitter and they do it in a coordinated fashion. When they, they didn't just do it to Trump and, and people like Alex Jones, they did it to Farrakhan. When they banned Farrakhan, they got together as an oligopoly and said, okay, you're going to ban Farrakhan on Tuesday at nine o'clock? Yeah, we're going to get the minister off Facebook. And do it. Okay, all right, so we'll get him off Twitter at the same time. Okay, all right, all right, so Google, I'm going to call the CEO of Google and make sure we get him off there too, right? So he's not on YouTube, right? And, and they literally can squash dissent like that. Like that's a type of, um, that's a digital form of genocide. That's like digital genocide. It's like, it's like digital extermination that basically uh, because we have the power of a, an, of a monopoly, because we have the power of an oligopoly, we can do a digital drive by that will eliminate you from the face of the planet where you no longer have a voice. That is, my friends, too much power for any institution to have. They have more power than a government in uh, Facebook. Definitely, and in many cases, more money than a government. So what I would just say at the end of the day is that for all of you that are watching this happen, uh, I don't think black people have to pick a side other than the side of black people. Uh, my view on all of this, where I stand, if you want to know how I'm going to react to this, I'm not trying to jump in with the blue side because they ain't doing nothing for my folks. I ain't jumping in on the red side. They ain't doing nothing for my folks either. The hypocrisy is everywhere. The idea that you can act as if you're so stunned and appalled that the Republicans got gangster and climbed over the walls of the Capitol, but but you didn't say nothing when, when the Democrats were doing the same thing and egging it on back in the summer. That's weird to me. I don't get that. I don't get that. And and really, if you want to know my truth, as a person who, who's a student of history, I've studied wars extensively and how they happen. Um, I don't want our country going to war. I don't want to see the next stage of this. And and because I'm telling you, if you keep going down this road, this idea that that you're OK with censoring a Donald Trump because or, or, or censoring some hillbilly who might say something about you. He, the man ain't got no power in your life. He don't even know you. But you're OK with censoring him. You're going to be next. Next thing, the anti-racism 
agenda from white liberals is the most racist agenda that there is. Because the minute you get on there and you start saying some stuff that's a little too radical or that can be taken out of context, they will censor you too. I can tell you as a man, I as a man, I have been on a CNN and networks like that hundreds of times. Those liberals are just as racist as the conservatives. I've been on Fox News. I've been on CNN. Black people ain't nowhere on the menu in terms of what their priority list is. So when you get caught up in this red side, blue side nonsense, that tells me that you need to evolve your thinking because you can't show me any evidence that your community has benefited from your choice. You can, you know, so again, hate Donald Trump all you want to. I don't care if you hate the man or not. But when I see Donald Trump and Joe Biden, I pretty much see the same guy. I see one guy who shouldn't be president because he's a little too arrogant and he's, he's a narcissist and he's kind of crazy and he's a little ridiculous. But I see another guy who incarcerated more black men than the KKK ever could. And that's supposed to be your hero. If that's your hero, then, then I don't even know what to do with you. I don't, I don't hate you. I'm not going to be mean to you or nothing like that, but I feel sorry for you because if Joe Biden's the best that you can get for your community, if you, if that is the best you got, then you ain't got nothing. You ain't got nothing. The best we got is us. We are the best that we have to offer. So I encourage you to turn your focus in on us and we and our community and stop getting caught up in this Democrat Republican nonsense because it's stupid. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you giving me a chance to share this point of view. I got to go hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. There's my Twitter handle. If you want to follow me on Twitter, if you could, again, if you value anything that's happening on this platform, Follow us on a lot of platforms because they're they're coming. I already know it. They they might come after me for this video. They already came after Vicky Dillard. They shut down. Vicky had three thousand five hundred people watching her live stream. They shut her down in the middle of her show and deleted the video right then. They are cracking. The crackdown has occurred. Uh, it's getting really crazy. So uh, follow us on a lot of platforms so that we can remain connected. So there's my Instagram, the Real Voice Watkins. Uh, also. Um, if you want to uh, send, a, if you want to follow us on blagenough.com, blagenough.com is a platform that we think is pretty much out of the view of, of these of these major social media giants. So they can't really do much to us on blagenough.com. Also, it's great because you can actually put hit a button and find black people that are in your area in case it really goes down and we, you need to gather with other people who are like minded in a physical sense. Um, so there's blagenough, B L A G G E N U F. That's right there on the screen. And also on the, I'm on the parlor app. So there's my parlor information and my clubhouse information is the same as my parlor information. So uh, please uh, remain connected and I'm out of here. Didn't Hillary Clinton subscribe to you, doctor? Yeah, Hillary. I saw an email that said Hillary at HillaryClinton.com. I don't know what that's all about. I've never met Hillary Clinton, nor do I care to. Um, I, <laughs> you ain't talking to Roland Martin. I'm not looking to teach her how to do the wobble. I don't even know how to do the wobble and know what I, if I knew how to do it, I wouldn't teach her. So anyway, I'm out of here, guys. Have a good day. Hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe. I'm out. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.